G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber. I'm the host of this show. Every two weeks, as you just heard in that little intro, we are interviewing some of the world's brightest SEO minds. So we've got people brand side, educated consultants, thought leaders, etc. Today, Will Wagoner. G'day, Will. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So Will's going to talk about his experience at Apple and then his whole journey over his SEO career. So I'm really keen to get into that. If you uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I'm going to ask for a favor that you do give us a five-star review. We are, funnily enough, on Apple. That's our big platform that we try to get of our reviews. I think we're pushing about 50 or so. So for a niche SEO podcast, we're, we're feeling pretty good, but we'd really like to push that up. So if you enjoyed this conversation, if you've enjoyed other conversations, I do really recommend you scroll back through the previous conversations we've had from other people, from big brands, we've had authors, we've had lots of clever people. But today, we've got one specific clever person, Will Wagoner. So I've got a question for you, Will, that I do ask every guest. What do you feel is the number one biggest challenge facing SEOs in 2023? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know if this is like the true number one, but one thing I've been thinking about recently is just how much information is out there now compared to 10 years ago for SEO and people wanting to learn SEO and grow their careers. And I think as budgets get tighter and things like that, a lot of people might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening if they haven't, they've been a little bit stagnant Mm. in their learning. And I think maybe if you're like a specialist, one area you should really start trying to expand your knowledge and try and make sure that you can kind of keep bringing as much value as you can to these companies because as more remote roles open up, things like that, I think the SEO industry is going to grow and get more and more competitive. And it's going to be a little harder getting some of those in-house roles in the future than it was five or 10 years ago when there weren't that many SEO people, all things considered compared to now. So I just think that's a big thing people should be thinking about moving forward. I think so. And I feel like there's definitely over the last few years been a big shift away from SEOs over in their own little silo doing that thing in a dark room. It's not a black box anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there's that understanding now that there is an overlap across a range of different departments. So being able to communicate and share that what needs to be done and get the buy-in across the board is really crucial. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, that's a great that's a great way to kick off. So we're going to be talking today about Will's journey as an SEO. And we're going to talk about his time at Apple and what he was able to achieve there and some of the challenges that come from working within, what is it like the world? It is the world's biggest company, isn't it? It's pretty big, yeah. Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm sure I guess our audience are really keen to to hear some more about that. But before we get there, I'm really keen to find out how does someone like yourself, I'm keen to go back to the very start. What did you study? And then like, how did you get your first gig in marketing? Yeah, I don't really have a good story like some other people. I wanted to be in, in advertising. I studied creative advertising in college. I wanted to be an art director. And when I graduated, I didn't have my portfolio finished, so I couldn't really go that route. And I kind of had to put things on pause. I moved home. My mom was actually pretty pretty ill, so I moved home to take care of her. And I had to figure out to get a job. I ended up working in the meat department at Whole Foods, cutting meat for Apple employees down the street. And just oh, thinking, 
I have this like college degree that feels pretty useless right now. It was 2010. I had nothing on my resume. I was in or trying to get interviews and no one was, was, was responding. So it was yeah. pretty, pretty brutal for a while, actually. And I ended up getting an internship at a comparison shopping engine for SEO. It was the first time I'd heard of it. It was six month internship. Yeah. I learned the basics. Yeah. We did some pretty cool stuff. And then after the six months was up, I basically had an interview to be a recruiter and an interview to be an account manager at a digital marketing agency. And I, I basically flipped a coin and I figured, well, I just did six months in SEO. I might as well join this agency. And it kind of just took off from there. It was pretty brutal agency. I had like 60 clients after one month. I kind of was thrown in the deep end and I had like not much experience going in, but I definitely like learned a lot and met a lot of cool people there. And I think everything kind of stemmed from there. My next job was from people I met at that agency. And then the job after yeah. that at Intuit was from someone I had worked with when I first started. So yep. yeah, it was a, it was an interesting journey, but I'm glad I, I went the way that I did. I love that. I'd love to dig into a couple of points there. So in that six months internship, like who were you, was there an SEO, like a solid SEO program in place? Did you have good mentors there or were you teaching yourself? What was the go? Yeah. So it was a pretty solid program. Micah from Bay Area Search. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's local to the Bay Area. He was actually the mm -hmm. one running that SEO program. So he had it mm -hmm. pretty well set up, was doing like a lot of content, writing for our blog, editing, managing overseas writers that we had, contractors. I learned a little bit of programmatic SEO actually too, which was pretty interesting. That's I cool. didn't really realize what it was at the time. I yeah. mean, I kind of did, but it, I never really used it that much after that at my following jobs. And I did a lot of link building outreach too. So we pretty much like ran the whole gamut of SEO things. And uh, yeah. I, I, some people stay for like a year, but I stayed for six months because I was able to get that role after that. So it was yep. short, but a sweet time for sure. That's really cool. So then you flipped a coin. I yeah. love the like advertising background and then into SEO because I also like advertising was my passion early on and I sort of found my way to here eventually. But so, but you came from more the creative side and then you've ended in, in a more of a technical field, yeah. some would say, but then you've got the more content focused SEOs who would say, well, there is a fair bit of creativity which still needs to happen in this space. What's your thoughts? Honestly, if I'm being if I'm being truly honest, I hated it. Yeah. Not what I was doing at the internship, but once I was at that agency and having all those clients and I was client facing and just like looking at Google Analytics and making reports all day, but especially when I moved to my next agency, which was just for law firms, it was mm. terrible work. I was looking yeah. at spreadsheets all day and I thought I'm a creative person. This isn't what I wanted yeah. to be doing after college. And I was pretty miserable and I, I actually almost left the industry to, to move into UX, which is what I, I think initially should have done in college. It wasn't advertising. Mm -hmm. I, I did want to be a UX designer. I just didn't know what that was back then, but I stuck with it because I was able to be given a role at Intuit, a pretty, pretty big role. And everything changed when I got there. The work I was doing is completely different. I was able to build mm -hmm. things and that's what like I truly like doing, not just yeah. writing hundreds of thousands of title tags for law firm websites. So I think yeah. that kind of really sparked my actual passion for digital marketing, SEO, all that kind of stuff. I was doing a lot of content stuff there too, which was a lot more fun than law firm marketing for sure. So how did you find that shift? Well, I've, I often have this conversation with SEOs around, and actually, I don't know if, you, if Gaetano Donati has got this philosophy around when he's hiring out SEOs for a team, if they've had some agency background, especially yeah. early on in their career, like he just feels they're just a bit more agile, yeah. a bit scrappier. So you've had that exact experience and then you've moved into some big organizations. How do you think that experience helped or hindered your transition? Yeah, I think all of, so both my agency roles were client facing. So I was on the phone all day with clients yeah. having difficult conversations. And I think that really helped me 
be better at like presenting in front of like leadership and stakeholders at in-house since I didn't really have actual experience doing that, but I had experience talking to people. And I think that was a big part of it. Also just being so busy, having so many clients, having to be organized mm. really helps in-house when you have so much work to do and being able to prioritize yep. things. So I think it definitely helped a lot in that aspect. I think the soft skills, especially because you didn't, if you're client facing as an SEO or even like client facing, like as a SEO project manager, whatever it is, like that part of the job is like that's obviously that's a missing piece Huge. for a lot of SEOs. Yeah, lots of the most brilliant SEOs that I've worked with are just much more comfortable in their own yeah. little corner with their headphones exactly. on, and I don't want to talk to anyone. And then, yeah. and like me as more a strategy guy, like I'm always trying to pull that stuff out of their head so I can communicate it to someone else. But if you could pull that middle person out and actually be the communicator exactly. as well. It's yeah. a big, that's a big thing I've noticed too. Like there's a lot of people that are good at doing keyword research and like other like link building outreach, but they're terrible at communicating with designers and other people in the org or engineers, things like yeah. that. So I do think it's a big blind spot that a lot of SEOs have. And that's kind of what we're looking for when we're hiring places like Apple or Intuit, when you have to do a lot of work on your own and you have to work with a lot of people to get buying on things and convince them to give you budgets. So it's a very important yep. set of skills to have. From I'd like to talk about Intuit and then Apple, but were there any like algorithm updates or anything back in the day where you really learned this you know, space that you're in and how you can be impacted? Fortunately, not too bad. Although when I was doing yeah. a lot of the work for our, our law firm websites, some of them did have some questionable links built in the past and they were hit pretty mm. hard. And so it's already so competitive. There's only so many law firms that can fit on page one for Los Angeles car accident attorneys. So there were some yeah. very difficult conversations to have with those clients, like wondering why am I on page eight now? And like, why aren't we moving after six months? So that was probably the worst of it. It wasn't too bad, but at Intuit, I actually had a negative SEO attack. I mean, that's not algo related, but one of our competitors did it and it actually hurt us pretty bad for a little while. So that was my first time experiencing something like that. And it did work at the time. So kudos to them, but yeah, it wasn't very fun for us. That's interesting. I must admit, like negative SEO attacks, it happens. I've heard it happening much more at the sort of SMB level, but not at that kind of enterprise. Yeah, level. I think our competitors are also pretty scrappy and like they were trying to yeah. get whatever edge that they could. And so someone paid for so someone over in like, like Thailand or China to just send like thousands of spammy links wow. on all of these different pages to our core marketing pages. So yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about Intuit. So what was the role you had there? You mentioned it was a pretty good opportunity. Yeah. So there were two different roles. I was hired to be like the, to lead the content team, but like from an SEO perspective and the content and SEO team were on the same team. There was only one person on the SEO team. And then there was just me kind of doing the content side. So I ran our blog that had like 5,000 articles and I did a lot of really good work there that kind of like moved the needle and like when I joined SEO it was kind of an afterthought for the rest of the org and that SEO person had seen the work that I was doing and he actually like brought me on board to help him with some projects. And then like once we did got some good results there, we evangelized throughout the company. And then after two years, he actually brought me on full time to lead SEO uh, for QuickBooks Online and like those products. And then we eventually got the program and we went from like two people to I think six people by the time I left. And then yeah. the content program that I was running was just me and a few other people. But by the time I left, it was given to another team. There was like 30 plus people working on it, as well as probably like 15 people on our internal link building team that we had acquired via a business acquisition through a different company. So it was a pretty big program when I left, but it was very tiny when I started. So there was a lot of groundwork to be laid during my time there, which was a lot of fun. That's really cool. That would have been really interesting. You would have gone from being 
like having your fingers across a range of different parts of the pie to all of a sudden having, I guess, people underneath you and aside, beside you looking yeah, at different bits and pieces. It was a lot too, especially since I was like still kind of green in terms of like being in-house. But um, mm. my time at Intuit actually like the most because it was almost like a mini MBA program. I learned so much. Mm. You're on the ground level with like product marketers going over go-to-market strategy, all of those things. I was working with UX designers. I was even doing like the customer interviews, trying to figure out what kind of content to go on our pages. So we had a lot of like free range to do things. And yeah, I definitely learned a lot. It was awesome. And you mentioned when you had some of those early wins, the evangelism with you and, and that other, the other person you yeah. met, sorry. So what did that look like? Because that's like that whole getting executive buy-in and getting people to understand the impact of what you're doing, there can be different means of that. So what did yours look like? Yeah. So, I mean, we really started small and we were doing like on-page optimization, internal link building or internal link cleanup, mm -hmm. things like that on the blog. And mm -hmm. we were moving from page like six to four to three to two to one. And then we were getting a lot more traffic and we're an acquisition channel. So we're only reporting on traffic and revenue. It should have just been mm -hmm. revenue, but it, it, traffic was a big part of it too. And then once we kind of built that out, I was basically brought on board to help with the SEO for our industry pages. So like accounting for construction workers, things like that. Mm -hmm. Our pages were pretty outdated. So I worked with the UX team and we did a bunch of customer interviews and we got the right content on the page. And we, I think like doubled or, or tripled conversions and signups. And like, once we did that, we showed the web team who was in charge of the actual website. And they, they were the ones that had like the keys to the site. So you couldn't touch the website unless you go through them. And once we showed those results to them, they're like, okay, maybe we can start updating our product pages, like our invoicing yeah. page, our payroll, things like that. And then we had pretty good success there. And then from there, we basically were just slowly given more and more autonomy to do things. And we were basically given the keys to the website at the very end. And we were in the meetings going over strategy and people would be coming to us if they wanted to update the website. So we kind of flipped the whole That's process cool. on its head and, and it was a long road to get there and it was pretty tough, but yeah, it's in a, it was in a much better place when I left than it was when I started for sure. That's a very cool flip from wanting to make SEO changes, but needing to ask how that impacts the other site to other people yeah. wanting to make changes and wanting to know how it impacts SEO. That's like yeah. the dream to be able to do that. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Also really cool. It sounds like you, especially at that role, were able to get that sweet spot where you're able to overlap because if you're doing like if those service pages you mentioned and you're trying to add update the content, more rich content. So you've almost moved into that kind of UX space where it's auditing yeah. what else is ranking and figuring out from a user perspective, what do I want to see here? Like what's going to be useful? So that must've been cool for you to be able to bring those, bring yeah, that um, it, Exactly. Back. That's why I had so much fun working with the UX team too. And into it's like a mm. design led company. So they actually teach everyone in the company how to do a design sprint and things like that and to think that's like cool. a designer. So that's something yeah. that I don't think a lot of other companies get to experience. So they're like customer obsessed and they were always bringing in people to, to interview. And I was creating wireframes myself for the site and like mockups and showing it to our customers and getting their feedback on things. So it was a lot of fun. That's very cool. That's something I did not know about Intuit. Okay, very cool. That's very cool. So let's talk about how you moved to, moved to, to Apple from there. So you read Intuit for what, like three, four, four years? years? Yeah. Yep. And then how did the Apple opportunity open up? It, I mean, it popped up. I had seen a few Apple roles in the past and I actually applied to them and I didn't hear back probably because I didn't have enough experience. But I think the reason why I heard back immediately for the Apple roles because they were looking for the exact experience I was doing it into it, kind of like building out a program that kind of exists, but not enough and getting a lot of buy-in from leadership and evangelizing things like that, as well as mm. I think being able to work really well on your own and like not having much support from anyone. I think some people 
don't do well in those situations. And I had basically been that way into it for a long time. So they needed it for the, this role at Apple. So I applied and I got in, I got the role and it was pretty interesting. It was very similar to Intuit in many ways, but very different. And when I say like working truly on your own, half the stuff I worked on was like top secret product launches. So yeah, like I'd be working on the iPhone stuff six months before or four months before it went live. So no one else on my team actually knew what I was working on and That's including my manager. Cool. Like I can't talk about what I'm working on with my manager in our one-on-ones every week. So if I have a what question, are you talking about then? <laughs> like I, I, well, other stuff, of course, yeah. but it was tough. Like you can't really ask anyone for help on these projects because they're so top yeah. secret and four months isn't that bad. Some people are working on products years before they go live, but um, unfortunately yeah. that wasn't me, but it was interesting. I mean, Apple's a very design brand led company. And so the SEO team had been pushing for changes for years and they're just getting used to told no constantly. And it also made it tough for me too, as a new person coming in, because people are so set in their ways, like, well, t t Tim Cook never allows this or Steve Jobs never allowed that. So we're just going to keep yeah. doing it this way. And so I think one of the biggest parts of my role there was to convince them that we actually should do things a different way, which was difficult, but I was able to be pretty successful with it over my time there. And I started small and I worked my way up and eventually was actually pitching SEO strategy to the senior vice president of Apple, Jaws. Mm -hmm. And he's like literally right underneath Tim Cook. And I was presenting to him and like the whole product marketing leadership team and trying to convince them to call our computers laptops instead of notebooks. I don't know if you've noticed it, but historically they've never called the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro a laptop ever. Steve Jobs never allowed it in 20 years. So I basically came into them with a big presentation explaining why we need to do it moving forward. And they actually yeah. agreed begrudgingly. We tested yeah. it out on our pages, like very small. And then up until the literal day that I actually left my role there, we were doing widespread changes across the site, across all of our support pages, our shop pages, our Marcom pages. And all these articles actually ended up getting written about it because it was such a big change. And it was just funny knowing that I had like influenced such a big company that had only done things a certain way for so long. It seems like such an easy pitch to do, right? Like, of course, any SEO is gonna, gonna, gonna say to do that. But I remember watching like the product launch and hearing the word laptop come out of Tim Cook's mouth for the first time in history because of something yeah. I presented was just like so crazy to me. But it was a very hard road to get there though. It wasn't easy and I wouldn't have been able to do that like my first 90 days. I had to start small on beatsbydre.com and work my way up to the Apple Apple site. So yeah, I was- seeing... Let's talk about that. So when you got there, what was the size of the team? And you mentioned you're in Beats by Dre, so you're off on that particular project. So, but... Yeah, it's a little interesting. My official role was SEO lead for Marcom. So all of our Marcom pages, I have someone else on my team that does the shop pages for the store. And then I also happen to do beatsbydre.com as well as all of our retail store pages and our like local mm -hmm. SEO, which I didn't think I would be doing again, but I was in charge of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. my team is just the shop pages, the Marcom pages, and then I have like a counterpart in Europe and Asia. There's a different team in the UK that works on like more technical stuff. And then there's also SEO people for all of our support pages, which is a different team. I don't really work with them. And then there was like one person that was doing SEO for all of our services, like Apple TV, Apple Music, all of those subdomains. So that was her. Mm -hmm. And then I would work on those pages for Marcom. So it was a pretty like broad role in many ways, but there was like five people on my team that I was on. And then it's slowly growing. I think they brought in the contractor and they're going to hire more people down the road, I think. And then there's also an agency that we work with that does a lot of the more like boring drawn out stuff, where it's just like tons of keyword research or just other things like that we don't really have time for. And 
when we were focusing mm -hmm. on strategy and more of like the top secret projects. So it was a good setup. I mean, they've done a lot of work over the last seven years. I think they've, there's only been an SEO program for like eight years and it was a very small team before and like two or three people doing everything. So mm. it's come a long way. So in that first 90 days, like what are some of the things that you're doing to understand the lay of the land and also to try to figure out, okay, well, wh how do I get my wins here? How do I get yeah. my feet in? It was tough. Like there's no low hanging fruit. And even if there is, you're not going to get a approval to do it. So it was really just like doing a lot of relationship building, talking to people, going through like a lot of my own research and then figuring out like what I could do first. So apple.com, the way they update their pages is very like strict and it's like a very long process. And so I started with beatsbydre.com because they're kind of like their own little mini startup inside of Apple. They have a lot more like leeway to do things. They're a different team, like everything's different with them. So uh, I worked on auditing that site first and we updated the site architecture and on-page optimization, things like that. And we actually had some pretty good results there. And I basically leveraged that to influence apple.com to update the Beats product pages on apple.com because it's a completely different team working on those, even though it's the same product. So yeah, I just had some early wins there and I basically leveraged that to start pushing for more stuff on apple.com. I'm curious about like getting that sort of buy-in across, you've mentioned there like the Beats by Dre site and then the Apple site with the same products. So then right. I can say you're working across teams there, but in terms of like managing up and getting buy-in further up, because you're not, in your first 90 days, you can't see like a roadmap to the bloke underneath Tim Cook. You know what I mean? Like how do you start building those relationships and getting that credibility? Yeah. So I think it actually came down to when I was working on like the normal product pages. So I had to get in really close with the designers and the content writers, because those are the mm -hmm. ones ultimately that I'm going to try to push to, to optimize our pages more. And those are the ones that yep. usually say no, because it's very brand brand driven. And so yeah, even if the copywriters are on my side, they still have to convince product marketing to do things a certain way. And product marketing has to convince leadership to do things a certain way. So yep. it was making a really good relationship with them. And then I would tell them to do things and they, they would basically say no or they say okay and then it gets shot down somewhere like like over over my head in meetings that I'm not allowed to be a part of. So it was building those relationships. And then I think one thing that helped was we had a, a new phone that was launched in a new color. It was purple for the first time. And I said, we don't actually use the word purple or color on the site anywhere. They call it finish. So when the phone was launched, that first week, there's like a million people searching for a purple color iPhone and not actually ranking because we call it finish and we don't use the word color anywhere on the page. So I basically leveraged that to say, hey, we missed out on a million people coming to our site and now they're going to these third-party review sites and getting information there. They're not seeing these beautiful pages that we just spent six months building. So it was starting very small with things like that. And then they're like, okay, maybe we should do this next year or next launch, things like that. So lots of little small things like that just added up over time. And then I think they started like respecting my opinion more and just and saying, oh, we should just double check with SEO and make sure that our meta description looks right. Otherwise, it's not going to show up properly, things like that. So mm -hmm. a lot of small stuff just added up. Yeah. And it sounds like a similar journey as to Intuit where you go from being that, I don't know, like sometimes as an SEO, you're that annoying person who just wants stuff yeah, to exactly. a certain way and no one wants to hear it. Oh God, this, this guy to then flipping it and then doing the copy and then coming back to you. Is this going to work? Yeah, that's exactly how I think both at both companies, like my success came from being able to talk to designers and like think on the same page as them and, and show them that we both have the same goal in mind. Like we want the best experience for the user. And if they can't even make it to our site, that's not the best experience. Or if they make it to our site and they can't find what they're looking for, that's not a good experience either. So I think that's like one of the most important things that, that I've experienced at both of these companies. 
also a good learning to think about like, because you've got Intuit, you've got Apple, whatever the organization is that you move into, like understanding like who are the influencers here? Like right. what, where, what are the, and also like, is it a, is it brand led? Is it product led? Like what? Where do I need to to, ha- to be able to impact? Wh- which people are actually leading what's happening here? So th- some businesses might be much more data-driven or they might be more sales-oriented or whatever it yeah. happens to be. But knowing who is actually moving the wheels in that organization then helps you from an SEO perspective go, okay, cool. Well, I can see it's that team over there and how can I communicate the work that I'm doing to help them look good because they have got the biggest exactly. push with leadership. Yeah, it's very different at different organizations too. Like Apple is surprisingly top-down driven. Like mm. every page that gets created on Marcom goes all the way up to the senior vice president to look at. And they review every wow. single word on the page and they wow. say, I don't think that that word sounds right. So they'll actually be the one making the decisions. It's not just the copywriters and their managers and like those design groups. It goes all the way to the top, which is pretty fascinating to see. But you have to be able to influence like those senior people at Apple in order to get things done. So, yeah. What are you most proud of your time at Apple? Honestly, I think it was like the yeah. laptop thing. That's I know. Like yeah, that's a pretty cool. Thing. Yeah. Product marketing came to me afterwards, like thanking me, saying we've been trying for 10 years to get this done and like we haven't been able to get it done. And the SEO team, it was the same way. It's like the simplest thing I've ever done, but also like the most complicated thing I've ever done at the same time, just in terms of mm. like the magnitude of, of getting that approved. So yep. yeah, a lot of the other stuff I worked on is more for like the future. If Apple wants to truly dominate like in search, the current site's not going to do it. So like the whole site architecture has to change and that's like a much bigger conversation to have because mm. I mean, there are things in the works for updating the site, but that's still a few years out. Like it's a very long process. So that'll be for the person that took over for me to figure out as well. And then share what you can share. Like were you able to see some really s- strong SEO gains like across the projects that you were on over that time? Yeah, like especially for the laptop one, we, yeah, for course. some of those keywords, we went from page six to the bottom of page one it's still fluctuating because our pages aren't necessarily the right structure in order to rank for some of them but we did see some very good gains from even just adding the word once on the page in like the intro paragraph and then eventually after we saw results from that they approved it to be in the meta description and then further down on the page and then we implemented it across the board and i do think it's apple's in a much better place now than they were like a few years ago but there's still so much more like opportunity and all of the other seo people have so much on the table that they're working on so i think it's only gonna get better yeah cool very cool that's amazing um well a couple of things are really interesting there because peeking behind the curtain a bit and understanding how you make how you impact things in such a like a well-known business is obviously really interesting to hear but then, it, but then you realize these are the size of the business. So they're pretty common problems. Yeah, it's just exactly. Understanding how to navigate them. I guess a lot of people might get intimidated by working within such a big brand with such iconic names that have it been is. there for so long. And it would be intimidating to some degree, but you still, it's still the same problems SEOs have mm-hmm. no matter the organization they're working in. At least it's at least it's like an easier conversation to have with leadership than talking about like site speed and way more technical stuff, which is a little bit over their heads. So that made it yeah. a little bit easier for me to kind of convince them. I think the best part though was when Jaws actually like Googled a notebook to see what yeah. the results look like during the meeting. And it was just paper notebooks. It was the movie, the notebook, nothing about computers. Yeah. And then it was like a light bulb went off in his head and I didn't have to do that for him. And yeah, it was like, it was ended up being a very, a much easier conversation than I, I thought it would be. Excellent. Awesome. Well, well, I'm going to go through some quick fire Vox Pop style questions. So and we do this every episode. I just want you to give me the very first thing that enters your head. Don't think too long and hard. I'm going to move through them pretty quickly. You ready? Okay. 
Alrighty, which previous Google algo change still keeps you up at night? Uh, none of them. Okay, that's good. Sleeps well. What's your favorite non-obvious software tool that you use every day to research or execute? There's actually one I use. It's like a Chrome extension called like Tweemex. It's for Twitter and basically learn a lot from people on Twitter, but there's a lot of people that haven't really posted in a long time, maybe a few years. And they used to post a lot of good information and it basically up levels all of their top posts from forever. So I can see all of their case studies that they're posting. I can just like learn the most important information about them. And it's just really helpful for me when I'm trying to like find new people on Twitter or like look for specific information on like other industries or areas that aren't SEO related. So yep. that's like my number one tool I actually use like daily and in my personal life. What's it called? Can you spell it? T-W-E-M-E-X, like Twemex. Okay. Twemex, cool. It's a good one. Sounds good. Gun to your head, which do you prefer, content or links? Content, for sure. What's the most effective link building or outreach technique that you've ever used? It was actually something I did in my internship and we got a bunch of .edu links doing this. You can't do this anymore. I think you'll get in trouble, but we basically reached out to intramural like college sports teams that had their own website on the college's domain. And then we would, like, yeah. we would sponsor them and then we get we put a, a widget and then that widget would have like two backlinks coming back to our site. So we could get like up to three links from each sports team. And it was pretty successful because we were giving them money and like they're pretty broke. They're an intramural team. So it was yeah. very successful. That's cool. Love it. Is the skyscraper technique still relevant today? Not really as much anymore, no. What do you love most about SEO? I think I like the detective work of figuring out stuff that's not obvious and like really digging in mm. things and definitely like that, like a lot. That's kind of what helps me get by some of the days that feel a little bit slower. But how do you apply SEO principles to your daily life? I think not everything is black and white. I've learned that a lot in SEO and I, the more I apply that to my d daily life and like my outlook on and working with people, I think it helps a lot. There's always a lot of gray areas and nothing's truly as it seems usually. Work from home life or office life or hybrid life, what's your preference? My preference is hybrid, leaning work from home, but the more I think about it, like I definitely do miss a lot of the in-person relationships I built into it in my previous roles, which I'm, I have, I didn't get at Apple, I was remote the whole time, so mm -hmm. I do miss that. SEMrush or Ahrefs? Ahrefs, but only because that's what I primarily use, but they're both good tools. I started using SEMrush recently, It's they're both great. And last one, agency or in-house? Or the combination of both? What do you think is the best mix for brands? I think if you do it right, the combination is perfect. And I yeah. also think it's the perfect combination as an employee having experience in both. Excellent, Will. Thank you so much. What a great conversation. Really appreciate you spending the time to share about your own journey, share about some of the stories, success stories that you've had across a range of different really well-known brands, obviously. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best? where's the best place to connect with Will Wagoner? I think now like LinkedIn's the main one that I'm on. I have a Twitter that I don't, I'm not active on, but they're both WM Wagoner. Yep. So yeah, you can find me there. Excellent. Cool. Well, we'll be sure to pop some links in the episode notes as well, but we'll really appreciate your time. Thank you. And yeah, just had a great conversation. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Okay, so that's another episode of SEO Success Stories with Will Wagoner. If you've enjoyed, as I said at the start, that was really cool. So please do jump on. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's where our push is at the moment. We're here every two weeks. Scroll back through the old eps. There's lots of really cool conversations there. And I've got some really interesting guests coming up over the next little period too. So please do stay tuned. Subscribe if you haven't already. And that is SEO Success Stories 